Yo, it's another Friday and we're back at it again. Second to last Friday. We count down, y'all. It's your boy Lawrence Green and this is another A Seat at the Table podcast. I'm here with my awesome co-hosts, Brooke Majors, Michelle Nemo, and Dwayne Sampson. And to the title of today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the perfect church. Um, I think a lot of times when we're looking for a church home or trying to find somewhere to go or fellowship with other believers, we um, it has to have, you know, good worship or, you know, I only come for the word and these, all these different, you know, stigmas that hold us up from being able to fellowship with other believers are to really just have church. And so we're going to discuss some of those some of those things in regards to technology and social media and how that has taken effect on, you know, how we view the church. So um, what do you guys think? Um, what do you think people look for when it comes to a church or like what do you would you define as the perfect church? I or think, is there such thing as a perfect church? Um, I think people when you think about the perfect church, uh, people think about basically like what pleases them and what satisfies them so if you have good worship if you have good preaching or you know the first lady slaying outfit you know <laughs> uh, who else the all you know it's just kind of like in people's mind this is the perfect church because it like pleases them for like their own personal gain you know mm-hmm. like sometimes you go to churches and they may not have like the best um like praise team, you know, they may be like the live band and then people will be like, oh, well, that church is just not good. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, no, like God's still using those people, but because it's not up to their standard, then it's not like, the oh, this is the church you need to go to, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's just the perfect church in our eyes is just when we begin to, um, it, it can be perfect when we begin to see God in everything and just appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there can be that, self-seeking per- perfect church that just benefits if that makes sense yeah going off the <clears throat> the self-seeking perfect church i feel like a lot of people they desire what they're used to maybe sometimes they grew up in some type of environment or they when they first came to christ it was an environment that that was attached to their encounter with god so because that was such a strong encounter they think okay this is what it should be like mm-hmm. when most of the time that's not the case so it is just it is a matter of actually you know not being too nitpicky, but actually realizing the good qualities that exist there mm-hmm. and magnifying those. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there is a perfect church. I think you'll keep hopping from church to church if you're trying to look for that perfect church, quote unquote. But knowing that whatever it is that you're seeking, that whatever church you go to, that that's where it's at. I think that's when you know that's the church for you. And not being so critical about, you know, how the foundation of the church is or certain things that they do and you don't like, I think that's when you kind of lose focus on what's the main um, subject of the of going to church or why you're in church. And it was something that Dwayne had brought up when reference to like being able to see the differences. And I think um, being in the college arena and the different diversities and visiting other ministries really helped um, see some of the different churches like um, actually being able to see an Asian minister for the first time, full fire with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all that, you know, African preachers, Hispanic, black, white, his, 
Asian other, you know, seeing all these different people and then coming from like a Church of God in Christ, Kojic black church um, background, then black non-denominational and then coming into um, college seeing, you know, African Pentecostal and like, um, like in a predominantly white church where you have like the acoustic type of music and worship and like just, you know, uh, a different form of dance, a different form of singing, and just a different type. And I think um, that is, it's a, it helps us to see God in a different way and in a different form and in a different likeness. And I feel like um, with that, it makes you more adaptable to be able to worship with anybody at any place and at any time. And I think that's the kind of um, mindset we should have when it comes to going to different churches. Yeah. But, you know, I think because of where we're raised or what we're used to, we never go out of that 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 sphere of what we're used to, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, going to different churches definitely gives you a broader perspective of how other people worship. And at first, it kind of feels uncomfortable a little bit because that's not what you're used to. But then knowing that that's how heaven's going to be like as well. Mm, and knowing how like it's going to be people or individuals um, from all different backgrounds, it, it does make you more, um, it makes your mindset think a little bit higher of who God is and how his people worship him in so different, so many different ways. Um, I think that it does tell you about, again, like the heart of the person, because, um, I know like, you know, the church that we came out of and stuff, it's like, we thought worship was one type of way. So then you go to another church and then you have like Bethel music or like drums and bands. But I think, Again, that like criticizing um, and just nitpicky mindset, it's like it shows you that your heart never is really on God because I learned that even, you know, you did come out of something, you experienced something new, but even if somebody does something different, like your mindset should still be, I want to get you, God, you know? So if they are playing the drums and that's how they are, you still have to find within yourself as the church, Mm -hmm. you have access to God, you know? So whether they're doing drums and singing on a microphone versus playing some, um, you know, soaking music, Mm -hmm. you should still be able to tap into God. You should still be able to worship God in your own way. And then it's like when you begin to not focus on they do this, they do this, or what you don't like, what you like, like it's just about God. Mm -hmm. So then you're able to focus on God in that moment. And like I've actually surprisingly been able to receive stuff from God when I stop worrying about like, well, they're not worshiping like this or, you know, they've done Mm -hmm. it like this. It's like my mind just needs to be, I just want God Mm -hmm. because not everybody, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. not everything's going to be the same, but I have to just want to get God. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that there could be a lot of minor, you know, cultural differences that defer in church, not cultural, just in the sense of nations, but little minor, you know, groups literally have cultural differences. But what we have, what we all have in common, we all should have in common is the Bible. And if you actually look at how the church acted together, those are the those are the basics on how on how one should, you know, work, how, how a church should be. And there could be traditions um, that, that go on, you know, but the basic qualities that are presented, they're not too strenuous. They have to have a lot to do with unity. They have a lot to do with being on one accord. Mm-hmm. They have, have a lot to do with serving the same God and having the same core beliefs in that faith. Mm-hmm. Everything that comes after that can be extra, but it's not necessarily detrimental to your walk in that church. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a minor cultural difference that you can adapt to. Yeah. And something that came to mind off of what Brooke was saying was an experience that I had 
where I was at an African um, PENSA conference. And um, it was really hard for me to like push past and like really like worship because of the language barrier and then the insecurities that I have being an African-American in an African community. Um, and then like just going forth and I just finally was able to just push past and just be like, you know what, I'm here for God. That's why we're all here is we're mm -hmm. here for God and to push past and just remind myself of just the intimate place with you. And so I remember just being able to like worship God and, you know, speak to God, worship him in my holy language and, um, and just reaching that place in like worship where it's just like everything just breaks and falls off. Mm -hmm. But not only that, it was just like there was a shift in the atmosphere and it was just like I could hear the voice of my current pastor say let's war almost like it was like a regular Sunday morning at my own personal church and so I, my my language began to change in more of a war fervent prayer type of tone and I heard the Holy Spirit say I'm eradicating the cancer and then you know I'm thinking in my mind I'm crazy because you know you know I'm still learning you know the voice of God and when he's speaking to me and the different things like that and then after you know prayer or whatever was over a man of God came up and he was just like um whoever has cancer in here you don't have it anymore mm -hmm. and that even caused me to go into an even deeper place with God when we went back in because it lets me know it's just like when we get past ourselves mm -hmm. as individuals and are, is able to tap into what the Holy Spirit is trying to do amongst the body mm -hmm. then we can come together as one accord and he can move Mm -hmm. But if everyone is focusing on the the music ain't right mm -hmm. or this ain't right or did somebody bring the napkins for the, the church cookout <laughs> or yeah. look at sister girl hat on or ooh oh she over there looking real good in her little little maxi dress and all whatever she got on and it just focusing on everything but the right thing mm -hmm. it's just like it blocks the flow of the Holy Spirit. Um, I have a question for the table. How do you think, as millennials, has social media changed the church? Because um, nowadays, they're saying the millennials are leaving the body of Christ. They're leaving church. And I remember um, being in Barbados on my mission trip and talking to some of the young people. And their main thing was, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. The people in the church are judgmental. They judge me when I walk into the church house. So hitting on both of those things is how has social media of uh, for millennials have affected the church and you know why is it that millennials are we're leaving the church hmm. i think that's two different things um two different topics uh in my mind it's so the people that are barbados that you talked to that said they were leaving because the church is judgmental then you know it's kind of like shame on that church that they're going to that's not really showing the love of christ um I don't think that's something that's affecting them social media wise as millennials. Um, so to go to that first point, um, I think it's just easy. It's accessible, you know. Um, again, it goes to what a pride, you know, just thinking that I don't have to fellowship with other people. You know, I can sit in my room, I can watch sermons, and I think that's good to a certain extent. You can watch it if you know you're staying at home, or you know you just like to watch YouTube videos and learn. But it has to get to a point to where you have to be able to know that. Um, God is in people, so he can use people. Like, you just can never get away from that mindset that God always uses people. That God always uses people to edify, encourage, and uplift. And I just feel like it's kind of it kind of gets dangerous because 
you you then now begin to get away you begin to get away from like just experiencing God in people you know it's just more so now like I can do it me by myself you know I'm big and bad by myself I got God yeah that's good but then it begins to get unhealthy because you you need to have people and and overseers you know like pastors somebody to watch over your soul you know like someone that that God is trusting um God trusts them to you know, watch over you as a sheep, you know, and so if you don't have nobody watching over your soul, nobody praying over your soul, like, there's no, sorry, there's no accountability, there's no, you know, checking in process, you know, if you're going through, when you have people that are accountable, it makes that experience, to experience the love of Christ in the body together, but if you're just trying to sit at home and watch somebody preach, okay, yeah, that's a good word, then I go about my day, so, you know, it gets a little dangerous if, if you begin to have that mindset, you need people. For me. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was thinking was that, you know, being that, you know, once you become adopted into the faith by believing Christ, you become children of God, right? Mm-hmm. So when you become children of God, you're all children, you're brothers and sisters, right? If you're if you're what's a family of brothers and sisters, then there should be intimate relationships, right? You can't just know someone by never talking to them, especially if you're just going on your phone and just listening to the to the preacher. You're not mm-hmm. intimately knowing and understanding the people. You're not intimately knowing and understanding the issues that they can go through that can help you or issues that they have gone through or become that can help you. And you're not intimately operating together as a body, you know, and that's what a body should be doing. It should be it should operate together, you know, when um when you when you hurt your knee, the first thing the hand should do, you know, grab the knee and comfort it. You know, that's sh- that should be the type of intimacy mm-hmm. that, that happens in the body of Christ. I think social media it actually um, gives us a expectation of what we should be um, expecting once we get into a church without actually experiencing what is already there. And then it creates some type of um, mindset of this is what I need. This is what I saw, so this is what I need. And like how we were saying before, you can miss God. Mm -hmm. You can miss God when you're expecting for him to do something, but you're not allowing him to actually take control of everything. And you're only saying, this God, I'm expecting you to do this, so you have to do this. And if, if you don't do this, then it's not you. And so then it creates a barrier of us actually not experiencing the full potential of what he wants to do within that service. Um, I also, I also think that, you know, being on social me- using social media as a form of, you know, trying to go to church can definitely be a cause for a big distraction. You know, you're on your phone. Anything can happen. It's a phone. You can get phone calls. But now you can, get, you can do so much more. Yeah. You can get so many different notifications. And you're not fully zoned in because you're somewhere else. So mm-hmm. when you're actually in there, you get the full, you're, full, you're fully zoned in. You're fully around what you're listening to. Yeah. And there's no distractions that can come from a device. I also think social media or just looking at services from the internet, um, you forget what fellowship is. You forget what happens in worship when you see a brother or sister crying out to God and you hear and you're actually singing praises to God. You forget that it's with other people. When you see somebody weeping and all over the floor um, just crying for God and you do that, within the church but then when you're by yourself you don't see that i think you're missing that type of connection and you're missing um the fellowship that happens in being a uniform a uniform group in god yeah i was gonna say tying off of that just um you get you begin to see the beauty of how god moves 
on individual people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have the criers, you have the screamers, yeah. you have the singers, yeah. you got the people that just be uh, uh, praise dancing yeah. in the corner. Like, you know, even when we, I always shout out to Piggy Promise, but like, even when we walked in that room, not everybody was doing the same thing, but it was beautiful to see people just confidently spread out, praise dancing in the corner by themselves, um, singing, somebody crying. And I know the girl I was sitting next to, you know, me, I like to just have my own way and like talk to God and things. And this, and this girl just was like, she was there for a minute and she was just like, I love you, God. And just was like, and then it just was like, Ooh, like I got so excited because I'm like, okay, God, you moving on her. So like, and I know that I'm here with you. Like, I know that you're here. And I think it begins to be, my mom was so focused on God, but I saw the beauty of how he moved on someone else who, you know, kind of needed that breakthrough Mm -hmm. and then just hearing all over. And I think, um, you know, the focus can be, yeah, you can kind of see what's going on in the church, but it's because you see the movement of God happening yeah. and you can't get that when you're by yourself. Yeah. It pushes you to yeah. want to even do it. Mm-hmm. When you're mad at God and you come to church and be like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to raise my hand. But when you see somebody else do it, mm-hmm. in spite of whatever you're going through, it's like, I have to do it. Yeah. You know, it pushes you to do it, to look past everything that you're going through and be like, God, you're still good. Mm-hmm. And social media, social media can't give you that. Like yeah. you, cause then, you know, then, because again, like you said, like the need and like comparison, cause now you go on thinking, well, I need what you did to sister Susie last week that I saw pastor <laughs> such and such did. <laughs> now I need you to lay hands on me like that. And God is going to, <laughs> you know, speak in tongues in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And it's like, no, that was for Susie. But yeah. maybe if you brought yourself to church, you could have got <laughs> so, it in another, you know what I mean? You could experience it another way. And God's like, I'm just waiting for you. You just got to come. Mm-hmm. But now if you're just like, nope, I can only, exp- I'm I'm good, mean by myself in my room. God fall on me, and it's like not saying that He's not gonna fall, but He's like, like you need to come with people that are mature. You know, I think it's also a healthy place when you're in a place of individuals that are elders that are mature in the gospel. You know, Mm -hmm. so you can receive wisdom you know, knowledge and uplifting, um, what I was saying before, because social media can't give you that. You can receive golden nuggets, but it's something about when you're in that personal, intimate atmosphere that God can get begin to move on a more personal way, you know, versus you thinking, okay, I know everything. I can just read my Bible at home. God speaks to me, and I got my word for the day. Like, he, he can use somebody else to totally, like, rock your world, <laughs> you know? And it's so crazy. Like, so many things I was saying that I wanted to hit on. Just, like, even with the worship, like, you can get... Like, people can provoke you to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like... I mean, sometimes I'll be in worship, and you know how, like, that point where you just... You run out of good things to say to him. And then there's that one person who's just like, God, you are magnificent. And you're like, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, you're magnificent. Like, <laughs> you are wondrous, okay? And it just, like, it just goes... You know, like, like, you're not about to outpraise my God. Like, you're not about to be me worshiping my God and it's just like it, it, it like that is a beautiful thing and like sometimes sometimes it's just it's beautiful just even like to be in worship and when it's high and just sit and listen oh, and you yeah. just be like wow this is what heaven sounds like mm-hmm. this is like and then it just even causes you to be at a more even more in deep and intimate place because it's just like this is what it sounds like on an everyday basis eternity in heaven and then another beautiful thing is just like the scripture talks about know those who labor among you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you going to know if you at home or you go to Bedside Baptist? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to like 
and it's it's just so crazy on how like the social media has just changed this whole the whole premise mm-hmm. of of how we view church mm-hmm. and I think it's even I think it it, it affected me I think also a little bit too because it's just like nowadays we have our phones as our Bible when mm-hmm. we go. Not saying like that's the issue, but it's just like no one's really having like a whole, your own Bible where you can open and flip and highlight and pull it out and study and underline and pull out words and circle and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's all on your phone. And then it's kind of like you can go on YouTube and be like, if I'm dealing with depression, Google depression, sermons on depression, mm-hmm. sermons on sadness. Or if I want to listen to Bethel or Spontaneous Worship YouTube channel, I can listen to them over there. And then it's kind of like we we expect it to happen like this or, and like that. And then when we get to our church, it's just like... We can't respect Sister Johnson with her washboard singing, Oh, the blood of Jesus and the anointing that that brings all within mm-hmm. itself because we're expecting to be like the people in California with the spontaneous yeah. worship. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you downplay the anointing that's in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You desensitize the anointing. Or like you looking down on your pastor or another preacher that you may be looking at because he don't preach like Cornelius Lindsay mm-hmm. or T.D. Jakes mm-hmm. or Todd White or every other profound preacher that you can name in your head or you're thinking about. And sometimes we'll be claiming people to be our pastors and they we do not know. Like you can be at home, live in somewhere in California, talk about some Cornelius Lindsay is my pastor. He don't even know you. He don't know your name. To the gathering, he don't pray, <laughs> he don't go to the gathering, he don't even know you in prayer, and yet there are some times where that, that is that that it, it does happen. But you need to be at a place where it is an uh, uh, intimate place mm-hmm. where you can learn, where you can, like Brooke Majors was saying, where there's mature people where you can learn and where you can grow. And I just really like, feel like nowadays people really move in a, a level of isolation and hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can have my personal relationship, just me and God at home. But as we, you know, talked about on Wednesday with the Love Podcast, you are never going to be able to fully walk in the trueness of love Mm -hmm. with just you and God at home. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be in an environment where there are people getting on your nerves, Mm -hmm. the people that you don't like, or the people you clash with with personality-wise, or people that you do get together with, and different types of people from all different types of backgrounds, so it can help pull out some of them issues that you got up in you. Some of that that laziness, some of that racism, some of that social classism, some of that, you know... uh, selfishness that you got, you know, that impatientness that you got and able to pull some of that stuff out of you. And I was going to say, um, social media, I feel like it just creates more of an arena of like, um, like bashing, you know, like trash talks. Like you can see like somebody preach a good message and like Heather Lindsay, but then someone will attack her. You know, and then you, that causes confusion. Then you guys, you know, because you read in the comments, like, okay, now someone's saying, well, she preaching ain't lining up with this. And now you over here like, what? And because you're not at a church that is giving sound doctrine or y'all can talk amongst yourselves, you know, questions. you ask questions. You at a place by yourself trying to figure out, God, talk to me, and, you know, and it's, <laughs> show, me the show me the answers, you know. And, and when you ask about millennials, I feel like because, um, millennials are just getting bashed for everything. <laughs> but then, millennials are getting bashed for everything, so it creates more pressure on us. And um, I feel like because social media is there, um, people aren't taking the time to like really sit in the press, like sit, 
you know, and go to service. Like, put your phone away for a couple hours. Yeah. We're always worried about, like, the next thing. Like, oh, man, I got to do this, I got to do this because I'm a millennial and they blaming Absolutely. us for everything. And I, you know what I'm saying? If I, if I do this, it's because I'm a millennial. Like, you know, and so it kind of takes away, like, okay, I could just read a scripture on my phone. I got to go. You know, I can just, you know, watch a sermon and clean the house. You know, it's just like it's there. But like one of you guys were saying, it's like you never get your full attention. And I think that's what also is affecting millennials is life, the lifestyle, you know, and, and the criticism and everything that's on our generation. You know, because we're trying to make it big. We're trying to establish ourselves. We're trying to, you know, be free and financial and, like, you know, everything that we came out of. And so we we think and we feel like we necessarily can't take the time to just be like, I'm going to sacrifice a Sunday, you know, because it's just like, I got to keep up. If not, boom, millennial, you know. So mm-hmm. that's just something that came to me. Yeah, I think that. I think that a big thing that's going on with millennials and this generation in general have going off of said is that, you know, we're so attached to our phones, right? So if anything, one of the biggest idols on mankind right now, and if, if that's what we're using for, you know, um, service, yeah, we're supposed to be in a place of denying ourselves. It's, it's extremely easy for Satan to use that avenue to distract you. I also think that, um, for example, like God, feel, when you become a Christian, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. God can use someone filled with the Holy Spirit to teach you something. If you're going through an issue and you're looking up stuff, sermons or whatever, you're just going to be like, "What? this is what I want to hear, what I want to hear, what I want to hear. Mm, yeah. But a lot of times, if you actually sit there, God will use that individual who's going there, and you don't know what they're going to teach, and it could be exactly what God wants to use to help you rather than yeah. you just look for what you want to hear, yes. what you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. They're hitting on, like, the 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 church hurt and like the people who don't want to go back to church what would be your advice to them who are is just like really just done with church folk and church people but it's like I recognize that I need to go to church or I need to you know be around other believers but it's just like you know the stuff that they've experienced in the past is withholding them from being able to Go or maybe they are going to church, but they going to everybody in their mama's church, hopping here, hopping there, hopping there, everywhere. Say that one more time. I feel like it was a couple different things. Say it one more time for me. Okay, so what would you say to that person who um, is trying to go, you know, back, but because of church hurt or they're just done with church folk, they, you know, they can't get past all of that to go. Are that type of individual who is going to church, but they, you know, church hopping. So I guess that's two different. So let me just do the one. Let's go back to the, the one about the what do you say to the person who's experienced church hurt or the people who are just done with church folks? What is your advice to those people? Okay. Um, I know it sounds uh, rude. It might come across rude, but you got to get over yourself. Like, if it's a, if it's a, okay, because it depends. What hurt was done? Is it just you didn't like it and it didn't go your way? You know, it, uh, was it because, um, you know, people were trash talking you and bashing you at the church? Like, you don't have to stay at a church that's just bad. Like, if there's no love of Christ, there's strife, strife amongst the brethren and envy and backbite. If there's all those qualities, then don't go to that church. But eventually, any any new thing that you do in life, you need to, you got to try it. That's the whole point of faith. Any anything new that we do, a job, you know, uh, get you know any next season, 
you like you just have to try it like you just have to go and feel it and if you're in your relationship with god god will give you that wisdom and discernment not to be hurt again you know what i mean so it, it depends on for where you're coming from and what perspective but if you say you love god like you do then you will do what he wants you to do to be grow and be a better person and sitting at home isolated mad is not what he wants you to do eventually he's going to lead you to somebody that will care about you that will love your soul you know that will watch over you and you're, it, it's going to take you to have to let go and get over yourself and try something new and walk in what he's trying to give you so it just for me it depends on what perspective because we all had to do it yeah. we all went through some level of hurt we could be sitting here now thinking the podcast was our, <laughs> our church like well we done got the word Monday was Friday no, we all had to get up and pray and get healing and be led. Like we couldn't sit here and play the victim. Yeah. Yes, things were gone, but but yes, things were done. But but God saw that. God's gonna avenge us, and you just gotta get back up. We walked into something new, a whole different church house, church home. Yeah, we went and and looked at different preachers, but we but the maturity comes into play of what did we just say from the beginning? Going with the aspect of is this God? You know, long as it's unity, long as it's, um, you know, seeing the beauty and worship, you know, mm-hmm. long as those qualities are being there, then what, what else am I complaining about? Mm-hmm. Or am I just going now based off the hurt to now criticize? Mm-hmm. It depends on what mindset you're in when you're going to do it. Do you want God again? Do you just want to experience a place and experience the real love of God? You're never going to go experience the real love of God. And through people, if you're still like, I hate people, I don't like people, people did this to me, you're never going to, you're never going to experience it. Yeah. Because now you're just looking for the negative characteristics. So you got to get over yourself and go. I know it sounds mean, but we all had to do it. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all, you know, so cut off every Christian that we knew. Absolutely. <laughs> like, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it, I had to get up and I had to deal with some things with God. If I was mad with God, address you being mad at God. Yeah. Mad with God because you let these people hurt me. Yeah. You, you ain't let them, you know. But you know what I'm saying? If you, that's, you got to be honest. But you, you, we all had to get back up, and it, that in life you got to get back up. You can't just stay in that state of isolation. Like you, you guys have to get back up and keep going. And if you had a church that's just nasty, then leave. Yeah. Find somewhere that somebody is going to love you, and you really experience it. And when you experience it, don't find everything in your power to reject it. Mm-hmm. If you find somebody, a brother or sister that really loves you, let them love on you. You hurt. Let them love when you and prove you wrong. Let God love, let them love you and prove you wrong. And then you just going to know that it's God loving him, you loving you through them. Yeah. But, it, you know, so sorry. Because, <sighs> okay. you know, because, you know, I'd be so sick and tired. I say it like I'm so over this baby mindset. Grow up. Grow up. You can't be 30 years old talking about church hurt. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is just, it's just that you, tough love. But no, like. You love God. That's that's it. Yeah. People are gonna hurt you. People are gonna disappoint you. But you have to get up. Mm-hmm. And God wants you to keep going. We gonna be like Elijah that just ran ahead and said, "I don't want to do it no more." And even then, God was like, "Okay, get this bread." Get <laughs> <laughs> and then I need you to go in and yeah. get what exactly. I need you to say. Blown. <laughs> um, I really. <laughs> 
no 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 i really think i agree with brooke i agree with her 100 percent. and i really feel as if like if you um don't go back then you aren't gonna make it you're only gonna make it as far as you want to go and at a certain point you're gonna want to give up and if you don't surround yourself with people that are stronger than you or the people that are gonna encourage you in your low times you're really gonna give up and then you're gonna find it hard to get back in and then it's gonna be so hard because then you'll be like where do i even start and so as being i mean there are gonna be times where you want to quit the church and you don't want to go to church and you don't want to hear anything about God but I think it's those moments that you really need him so much more not even him but even the people that know him and so that they can talk to you about him and they can encourage you and inspire you to keep going yeah thinking about the whole notion of um not coming to church just because you don't want to I mean you're you're a Christian right you read more than likely if you're a Christian then you read the Bible right there's reason why God desires to orchestrate to have us orchestrate in a manner to have us come together you know you can't just be a christian who reads the bible and just okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna gonna not do that because i don't like it but then i'm gonna just keep doing the other things no god has purpose for it and every example given here the upliftment the encouragement the ability to help push past just what you want to do and have someone else uh be there for you in an intimate manner and help push you as well does does wonders and it continues to grow in that manner and god did it on purpose and he desires it for a reason so let's hit the part two of the question. The church hoppers, they be going to everybody in their mama's church. They go to this church for praise team and then make it over here for the word and then make it over here for Bible study and make it over at that church for the church cookout. I mean, the Bible does say um, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So <laughs> it's good and all, but I feel like you have to have a... Church, like you have to have a set church mm-hmm. that you go to. That's that you have a pastor that's overseeing your soul, you know, but that knows you. That knows you. <laughs> yeah. Say that one more time for the people to say uh. <laughs> that knows you. Yes, because it makes no sense <laughs> to just be hopping around just for certain factors. Yeah. You, you need to look at it as a whole. So you know, even where I'm at, it's like that's my church home. But if but if I say, hey, I'm going to go check out this church or something like that, like, that's no problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can go look at it. If there's an event or another church, like, why not? But you have to have a set church home eventually. And I don't know why people, I, I don't know. Like, God is faithful. Like, he will lead you to a church, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know why it's like, mm-hmm. it seems like it's some big myth. And it's just like, no. Yeah, it's a super spiritual. Like, no, if you can, it, you know my spirit, you know his word and the fruit that these people bear, you know? And it's like, that's it. That point, Like, that's just it. Like, go there, be there. If you're led there, you pray. You've been praying, right? So he's going to answer it. And then once you get that confirmation, don't be like, oh, man, oh, I think God's telling me go here, but I'm going to still go look at, you know, it's like, no. <laughs> so we, you know what I'm Once you get your answer or your confirmation or just you know that you feel peace about a decision that you're making, stay there. But there's nothing wrong with checking out other churches here and there. Yeah. Or just for the simple fact of just to fellowship, not because of that one particular factor. Yeah, Exactly. Um, a good quote that I had heard is that church is supposed to feel like family. Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't feel like family, then it ain't done right. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, I, I really hold fast to that. That sometimes you, we know our families, mm-hmm. they ratchet sometimes. Yeah. And we want to cuss them out from A to Z. And we want to just, you know, we fuss, we fight. But at the end of the day, we love each other. There's a deep veil in love with one another. It pulls out the, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly in us. And I feel like that's how church should be. In reference to like, um, see, people seeing errors or issues in their church. At what point is it, is it based on like with, is it like I see an error and I try to, you know, make an effort to fix it, but you know, it doesn't seem to be moving in that way. And it's just like, do you know, it's like the, to stay or not to stay, is that based off of maturity or based off of, you know, what you can deal with or what you can put up with. Do you get what I'm trying to say in reference to, like, the different, there may be an issue that may arise in the church that, okay, you know this sister so-and-so got a, a gospel <laughs> spirit in the church, right? Mm-hmm. But, and then, but I'm mature enough to either go around it or, like, address sister so-and-so about her issue or pray with sister so-and-so about her issue in the church and still not allow that to affect me? Or is it because sister so-and-so is gossiping in the church and, I, we, you know, we try to do it and try to talk, but it's just like I can't do it, so now I have to leave? You gave me three different scenarios. Um, I did. It just <laughs> because it's like I, it, I feel like it depends on what you define as error. Like, is it is it a uh, uh, what's the word authority figure like is it the pastor him him or herself that's sleeping with the congregation you know is it um, just lying you know it depends on what area you're saying because some people can tolerate okay knowing somebody deal with lying okay we just gonna doubt what they say they tell me you know what I'm saying so, like yeah. okay I'm not gonna believe Billy when I know he lied lie. I'm just gonna be like okay yeah. all right Billy we'll see you know <laughs> like all right I'll see if you come through Billy but you know like hey we'll do dinner we'll next we'll we'll do see. dinner next week all right you baby Billy. yeah baby. really right and so um I think it depends on in that area of my mind what you define as the issue that's mm-hmm. going on to be tolerated. Um, but then I think it depends on who is the person doing it. So if it is the, the leader of the household that's doing a, a big issue, you know, you know, not just no, oh, I'm just gossiping, like we doing a whole bunch of things, then that needs to be addressed with the leadership. And if nothing changes and the whole congregation, off, you know, we come on off the chain, then it's like, okay, I don't need to stay here because obviously this is not, the, this is not God's heart. This is not how God operates. You know, but if it's Michelle over here uh, backbiting about everybody or something like that, and nobody's talked to her, then I'm gonna be like, hey, Michelle, like you know, you gotta you gotta confront it. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that she might change. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know what to you keep your business personal. I ain't gonna tell Michelle my business. Mm-hmm. I'm still love her, but I got wisdom. I ain't gonna be yeah. telling her everything. You know what I mean? So it just depends, I guess, on the error and who's Ooh. doing it. Yeah, because if it's just a circle in circle thing. You know, one of us, we can easily address it. Mm-hmm. But if it's the whole conjugation that's just over here looking at you, eyeballing you, calling you hoochie mamas and everything else, then I'm I'm out. I'm not, y'all supposed to love me. Yeah. But then y'all all talking about me. Y'all don't have to stand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how do you guys feel about when people bash other churches? Or when they leave a church and they start bashing a church or bashing certain preachers for the way they preach or the way they do certain things? So you said, how do you feel about when people bash a church 
after they leave? Either after they leave or I go to this church and I'm bashing you and that because you go to that ministry or you hang out with that group of people. That's wrong. Yep, I mean, right. yeah, I would definitely say, I mean, it's wrong. There, I mean, once again, you're a Christian. There are qualities literally laid out before you regarding what love is or how the attributes of a Christian should act, right? Yeah. So I think backbiting and, and slandering and gossiping are all qualities that are mentioned in different parts of the New Testament as, that are specifically quoted, like, do not be a gossiper, you know? Mm-hmm. Do not let these things be a part of your character. So, I mean, that just goes on a person who left the church literally... They left their church, but now they're showing qualities of someone who's not a Christian. So now it's just yeah. a matter of them. But then also, I agree. I agree with that. But then I also think that, like, if um, if a church does something that's wrong, there's it, there is a way to communicate mm-hmm. the wrongdoing, but not in a bashful way. So there is a way to actually bring up a conversation of how to bring the negative aspects of what is going on in that church. But uh, yeah. But to not, like, you know, condemn it or make it seem as if, like, you know, the person is all holier than thou. Um, I also think <clears throat> I also think that, uh, as Michelle was talking, it's like you got to come back. Again, we always say the mature believer. You have to come back to knowing that just because you don't, you know, if, if everything's good, if it's just not appealing to you or appeasing, but it's the God, spirit of God moving in that place, but just because it's not the way you like it, you have to come back to that place of knowing those people in that church, like, the whole point of this is for God's name to be glorified. Yeah. The whole point of this is for people to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. You know, one church coming back, we the bride, hello, you know. And the mature believer will say, okay, I may not go to that church, but there's individuals that believe the same thing I do. There's no need to bash just because they do it that type of way. Well, if it's meant for those type of people to get saved and we on the same team, then okay. Like, there, there's no... Like, I guess, like, dividend or, like, dividing factor. The whole factor is that we believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. We just got different personalities and different ways that we prefer to do things. Yeah. You know Nothing's what I mean? Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that, yeah. So if you're bashing because it's not your preference, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you're bashing because there's some freaky-deaky stuff going on in the church or something's wrong, there's a way to communicate it. Yeah. However, they may not change it, but God won't have to deal with them, you know? Yeah. This has been another A Seat at the Table podcast with your boy Lawrence Green. I'm here with my awesome co-hosts, Brooke Majors, Michelle Nemo, and Dwayne Sampson. Shout out to our live studio audience. (laughs) And we hope that who's ever out there listening to this podcast that you get back in church that you stop going to bedside baptist that you stop claiming pastors who don't know your name are uh, you going to church and they calling you tiffany and your name is jawan <laughs> and so uh, i pray you you know you find a a, fa- a church that's gonna treat you and love you like family love you like the church that's gonna help you grow and help pull the good the bad and the ugly out of you to recognize um errors and if it's time for you to go it's time for you to go if it's time for you to move you need to move and recognize that we are the body of christ and it's so diverse it's so beautiful and it's amazing love you guys peace this song is for everybody that grew up in church and they left the church guess what you need to come on back Jesus is waiting for you.
for the unbeliever. You definitely need Jesus. And where can you find him at? Right in the church. Come on. So coming up, coming up, coming up.